to the Wrexham Texan. My name is Jake Green and I'm in a completely new place today. So there's probably an echo. This room is is very hard. Um, there's barely any um, carpet, no soft things. So if there's an echo or the audio sounds a little different, that's probably why. Another reason is because we're doing this live today. I have been extremely busy. I was sick last week, so I didn't do an episode. Um, and so yeah, this episode is the first one in about 10 days. Um, so apologies for, for not putting that one out on Friday. I think this is going to be a Sunday podcast from now on. I'm just crazy busy. Um, and there's only a certain amount of time in the day to be able to do stuff like this um, and be able to put this out. But that's all good. We're just going to get into it. Um, I flew to my hometown last night of Dallas, Texas. And I got robbed. Um, somebody decided to uh, open up my case with all my equipment in it, um, somewhere between me checking it in um, with the airline and me picking it up after the flight. And they stole one of my cameras. They stole two hard drives with lots of stuff on it. Um, they stole a few battery banks. They stole, I don't know, they probably stole some other stuff. I had a ton of stuff in there, so I'm sure they stole more things. But man, it has been a frustrating 12 hours. I'm going to say that. It's been very frustrating, but hey, you know, things happen, I guess. Hopefully nothing on those hard drives was irreplaceable. And hopefully the airline um, maybe can find them or can at least reimburse me for the cost of everything that I lost, which is not inexpensive. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've had a, I've had an interesting, interesting 24 hours. Um, but yeah, I'm in Texas. This is my first time, I think, actually recording uh, the Wrexham Texan in Texas. I, like I said, at the beginning of this whole series that I am originally from Texas, I spent like 30 something years of my life here in Texas. And uh, since then I've lived in California, Georgia, Kansas, uh, Montana, there's lots of places. And, uh, but I still consider myself a Texan. Um, and so that's why the show is called The Wrexham Texan. So yes, since I've missed three episodes or like two episodes probably, um, we have missed three games. Um, all three games we won, which is fantastic. Um, let's see. Let's go over some of them. Let's just watch some uh, a few highlights from the Crawley game and the Crew game real quick. Let's just go through this. Maybe watch a little bit. Um, the Crawley game was an interesting one. It was a nerve-wracking one, to say the least. I've got these highlight reels from YouTube that with no commentary, which is never a fun way to watch highlights. Um, oh gosh, that Ollie Palmer goal in the Crawley game was beautiful. I mean, that was a thing of beauty. Just a little touch with his foot right up and over the goalie into the upper 90 on the far side. So dang good. And then the rest of the, rest of the match was pretty much um, just a nail biter. They probably should have scored a couple times. We probably should have scored a couple times. I had predicted 3-1 with Palmer scoring uh, twice, Mullen scoring once. Palmer should have scored twice. Palmer should have scored twice, um, but he didn't. And Mullen should have scored once right here. How Mullen didn't score, I mean, great save by the keeper. Fantastic save. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, and then they should have scored uh, a little bit before this, and then, oh, so close. So close, McLean. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was Crawley. Let's watch some of the crew game real As quick. As the players start to come out. Oh, this one does have uh, commentary. I never understood why in highlight reels they include the players coming out. That's not a highlight. I gotta say, like, that's just not a highlight. Um, some of these games I barely remember. I think I was working during this game, which is why I don't. So good, so good. Love it. I think it was it was Tunnycliffe off of a off of a crew defender. Um, and I know, again, it's the EFL trophy game. It's not a league game. And so lots of people don't care. But, man, I just love watching our guys play. I just love watching football. So any competition that I can get, I'm going to watch um, and get excited about. This was such a fun game, too. I thought we did so well. Uh, yeah, two clean sheets in a row. Love that. Oof, what a shot that was. Only about, I'm not going to watch all these highlights. It's too, too much. His second goal of the season. Here we go. Now, let's go back a little bit. Here we go. Here we go. Here comes the second goal by Wrexham. Hey, I mean, look at this footwork by Davis. Oh, my gosh. Around three guys, rifled it into the lower 90. Far corner, past the goalie. What a freaking shot. That dude is so good. I love watching Davis play. I wish he would. Man, I want him to start more often. He is. He really gets his groove um, much, much earlier in the game. Um, if, he, if he actually starts, um, he's been coming in a lot towards the end. What a save. That keeper made a fantastic save as well. And then let's see, second half, we score one more. Right here. Brilliant burst through the middle. It is a penalty. Fantastic burst of pace. Just that touch there. Just oh, yeah. Yeah. Man. I mean, bigger stuff got fouled. Dude just shoved him. Like, why Why are you doing that? <laughs> that was so dumb. That was so dumb. Luke Young. Just boom. Lower 90. Boom. Done. In. And that was the game. Fantastic games. I actually did watch all of both of them. I wasn't working for, for the crew game. It was the week before that I was working during that. Um, but, man, just so much fun. I love watching this win. I know that uh, three wins in a row and only two of them were in the league. So be it. Um, still so much fun. Two clean sheets in a row. I love that. And then we get to the Salford game, which happened yesterday. And dadgum. It was a frustrating game at times. I thought it was really fun to watch. Um, it never, I mean, until the end, it never seemed like we really came together. <laughs> um, let's watch, let's watch some highlights. Let's watch some highlights. <clears throat> this is a 10 minute highlight reel. So we're going to skip through quite a bit First of it. ever EFL meeting between Wrexham and Salford. No, oh, I didn't know that. Works. I didn't, did not hear that. First ever. Of them on this ground already this season. Yeah. I do know. I mean, at the beginning of this game, right here, this is, uh, they go up so quickly. Is it right here? I thought it was. Yep. Right there. I mean, so quickly. That's so frustrating. That gimmick is the uh, scoreboard not on this highlight reel? Nope. And stupid. Poor home <laughs> so I can't just scroll through and find things. <laughs> oh, that's frustrating. Um, yeah, let's see. This this drive by Mullen. How did this goalie? Or no, the goalie didn't stop it. Mullen just rifled it right over the top. He has not seemed in his usual form recently and it's uh i don't know if we should start being concerned or if it's just a matter of time still um because yeah he had that one bicycle kick oh gosh here's their second goal 
Well, Matty Lutt is the player who wheels away Off of Ricochet. You hate a goal off of Ricochet. You stop that first one and you just can't clear it. Mm. But either way, Salford are two up. Yeah, up 2 0. Um, but Wrexham being Wrexham. Here we go. Also scored a bucket load. Here they come looking for a that consolation. Right That's chested behind. Uh, yeah, this is the problem when there's no clock on these replays. That's Lee. And that's <laughs> it. Elliot Lee for Wrexham. What a goal. That was fantastic. Just I can't believe with that angle that he was able to get it in there. That's Lee. And that's in. Just right into the far, far corner off a header. Um, Lee was my Texan of the match. He just, I just felt like he was all over the pitch. The other candidate for, there were actually two. Um, one was Stephen Fletcher, because he's just the last minute man. He comes in at the end and it's just magic. Just pure magic for us. It's amazing. Um, and then the other candidate was uh, O'Connell. I thought O'Connell played phenomenal defense. He was all over the pitch. He was making great tackles, um, great passes. I thought he was wonderful. Um, I thought he did a great job yesterday, and he, he almost stole it from Lee. But I thought towards the end, Lee really hustled um, and made it, made it uh, I don't know, just edged him out, in my opinion. Let's let's go let's go to the end of the game here because I just want to watch the end because it was the most exciting thing. And both of his club goals now oh, wait. as a substitute. Let's see. There we go. <laughs> oh, Stephen Fletcher! What an ant! I mean, look at him hustle! Look at him run! Look at that run! That was so good. There are so many people that would just lightly jog to get into the box to head one in, but he did a dead-on sprint right towards the goalie. Absolutely fantastic. Great cross. Um, almost got stopped. Who did he cross to? Was it Jones? Yeah, James Jones. Wow. That was, mm, that was freaking exciting. That was delightful. So now it's 2-2. Uh, <laughs> And then one minute later, uh, I had gotten up to get a drink, came back, and it was already right here. It was already in the middle of this play. McLean gets the tackle, gets the steal. Fletcher over to to uh, Dalby. Dalby in. Oh, uh, Davis. And it's turned home. And what was that, 88th minute, 89th minute, something like that? And we go up in typical Wrexham fashion. Um, what is up with us scoring at the end of games? It's absolutely bananas. And I I just love it so much. Fantastic. And yeah, they, they had one towards the end, that like this one right here. This one right here scared the bejesus out of me. Oh, Conquo. It reminds me of something we're actually going to get to uh, with uh, the Giant Killers episode here in a little while. Uh, Giant Killers of uh, Welcome to Rexham. And that's the game. What a game. I mean, that was just, it's just, it was just so much fun. It was just a blast to watch uh, the end of that game. It was nail biting the entire time. Um, I do think. Both teams played pretty evenly. We were pretty evenly matched. Um, and I think we both did a pretty decent job. I don't, I mean, the ref was super inconsistent. I thought the refs were supposed to be better once you got out of the National League. I think I prefer the refing in the National League. I, I don't understand the complete lack of consistency. Um, him being able to be swayed just by people coming up and complaining to him is incredibly frustrating and weird and just makes you weak. Just makes you weak. Like, I don't, I just don't get it. It's, it seems crazy to me that the refing is, has been this poor and it's not just poor for us. It's poor for both sides in every match. But I mean, obviously being biased towards Wrexham, I'm going to think they're a little bit more poor towards us. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, overall, they've been incredibly frustrating. 
And I know last season I was definitely frustrated with the refs a few times, but I don't think I've been this frustrated with this percentage of games thus far. Um, it's been at least five games where I thought the refs were absolutely horrendous. And maybe that comes with, I know that like, there's like a psychological thing to it maybe where all this hype around Wrexham, whereas like in league two, this would just normally be a regular game between two league two teams and wouldn't get international attention um, all around the world. And so maybe the hype and how big Wrexham have gotten over the past two years, maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe I, I got to go watch some other, some other games in league two um, over the next few weeks, just to see if it's just our games or if it's all the games. So if it's all the games, then what the heck is going on? Let's just swap the refs from the national league for league two. <laughs> Cause honestly, they were better. They were just better. And uh, yeah, it's very painful, very weird. I don't really get it. I don't really get how that happens. You should know the dadgum rules. You should be definitive. If you don't see something, don't call it. If you see something, make your decision and stick with it. It's just not that hard. Um, the only thing hard about it is the abuse you get from the fans. And so you got to be, you got to have a thick skin, tough personality. You got to let things roll off your back because everybody makes mistakes. Fans understand that. Not all fans will like it um, or let you get away with it. But um, true fans who understand the game understand that mistakes are made. And that's just what it is. Um, but if you continually make them, if you seem wishy-washy on your calls, um, then, and if you're just not consistent, then no one's going to give you any leeway. Uh, you gotta, you gotta, it's yeah, it's been incredibly frustrating. Let's go over some stats from yesterday. Let's go look at this. All right. Possession was about even 53 to 47 in our favor. Uh, we won a few more duels than they did 50, 50 on aerial duels. They had 14 interceptions, um, to our four. They had two offsides. We had 11 corners, one. Also, Luke Young needs to be taken our dadgum corners. Like, McLean is good at a lot of things. I do not think he should be the one taking our corners. Uh, something about our, our squad yesterday and recently, our crosses. So we had, look at this, we had 43 crosses. I've never seen so many terrible crosses in one game. We were launching them way over the field of play, like way over where everybody was gathering, way over the boxes. They were going far past. I just don't get that. And we were doing it with corner kicks. We were doing it too short or too long almost every time. Luke Young is the guy who needs to be taking our corners because Dude knows what he's doing. He puts it in the right spots. Yes, he misses every now and then, but so does everybody. In fact, most other people miss way more than he does. Um, so let's get Luke Young back in the game, taking corners, because um, it just it was it was too painful um, to to watch all that. Let's see. Let's go over the lineup real quick. Sorry, I need to uh, refresh myself on who played yesterday. Arthur Conquo is still in the game. Um, oh, is Aaron James's first first time playing? Um, first time in the starting lineup uh, for for Wrexham. Aaron James, I, I believe he's a local Wrexham boy, um, which is fantastic. I thought he played with a ton of energy. Um, some of his crosses were absolutely horrendous, uh, like I was saying, but so is everybody else's. So he's not alone in that regard. Um, what else? He He had a couple times where he could have made better shots and he had a couple miscommunications with Mullen and that, that that's just something that'll come with more playing with him. Um, so like, you know, the more, the more you play with somebody, the more you understand how they play, the more you gel together and can predict what their behavior is going to be um, and what they're going to do. So that's not, 
it was a good first outing. I, I enjoyed watching him play. We had McLean, we had O'Connor came out in the 79th minute. Aaron James came out in the 64th minute. O'Connell had a yellow card. Jones had a yellow card. Mullen had a yellow card in the 80th minute. <laughs> um, I thought James Jones's yellow card was incorrect. Um, I, it's just yeah, this daggum ref was infuriating. Also, I didn't understand why Ollie Palmer got subbed out in the 64th minute. I thought he was crushing it. I thought, if anything, um, who came in for him? I can't remember. Uh, Dahl, uh, Fletcher. Fletcher came in for Palmer, which I didn't, you know, obviously the fact that Fletcher scored maybe proves, proves that he should have been in. I just didn't think Ollie should have come out um, for, for, for that. I know we were trying to go on the offensive. I mean, we put in Davis, Dalby and Fletcher. And so clearly we were trying to score goals at the end. So I just didn't understand the point of taking Palmer out considering how well he was playing. He was, he was hustling more than anybody else on the field and he almost got, um, a couple goals. Um, so taking him out kind of drove me nuts. Also, I'm just biased. I just love Ollie Palmer. <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah. Like I said, Edgen O'Connell, that dude runner up for Texan of the match. Keep playing like that and you'll get it someday. Edgen coveted prize Texan of the match. Um, Aaron Hayden. I thought he played okay. Um, I think Ryan over on, uh, me, the wife and Wrexham. Was it, this match that he gave him man of the match, or was it last Saturday? I don't remember, but um, if it was this Saturday, it should not have been the case. Uh, let's talk about George Evans for a second. I have not been impressed with George Evans since he got to Wrexham. Um, he hasn't done anything horribly wrong, but he also hasn't done anything, in my opinion, that's been incredibly impressive and warrants him being on the field over, I don't know, somebody like Davis or definitely somebody like young. Um, uh, I just, I, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. I don't understand the draw with Evans and maybe it's just, he needs a little more time to acclimate to our squad. Maybe that's it. I don't know, but he, uh, yeah, I'm just I'm just, so far I have not been a huge fan of of George Evans. Elliot Lee, obviously Texan of the match. Yeah. Um Paul Mullen had opportunities to score, had plenty of opportunities to score, failed to. Uh screamed at Ollie Palmer when Ollie decided to shoot rather than pass, which honestly. I thought it would have been extremely difficult to get Mullen the ball in that particular instance. And I thought a shot was warranted. Like a, it wasn't ended up not being a good shot, but if he'd gotten a good foot on the ball, then um, it absolutely should have been the thing to do. Um, get the, take the goalie off guard and take the shot from there. I love it. I love some aggressive, aggressive play, but, Turns out it was a bad shot, so it didn't really matter in the end. Um, let's go back to the stats. Let's see. Yeah, our crossing accuracy was 23% uh, off 43 crosses. That means, what is that, like 11 crosses out of – no, 10 crosses out of 43 were good. 10 out of 43. That's idiotic. Means seven, six or seven of their crosses out of 16 were good. They almost had just as many good crosses as we did, but they only took 16 and we took 43. Uh, yeah, our crossing is, it was horrendous yesterday. Let's see, we had 21 shots, seven on target. They had 10 shots, four on target. We had seven shots from outside the box, including Ollie Palmer's one that made Mullen very mad. Um, 14 to nine shots in the box shooting accuracy. They had better shooting accuracy, 40 to 33. Let's see only 12 tackles for us and only nine for them. 
Success rate 67 to 44% in our favor. They had 34 clearances. We had 13. And then, I mean, so many fouls. 13 fouls conceded for us, eight for them, three yellow cards for us, four for them. That, that dude was just, he was just calling dumb stuff left and right. It, it just, it made no sense. I didn't care for it. I just, it was very frustrating to watch that ref. I don't, I just don't get it. Just be better at your job. <laughs> if that is your job, and obviously these refs probably have other day jobs throughout the week um, because it is league two. It is way down. Um, I know it's professional football, but there's no way that a ref gets paid. Oh, maybe, I don't know. A ref might get paid enough. I need to do more research into that. I wonder if they do have jobs, but still, if you are refing in league two in the EFL, you should be doing your job better. It's as, it's as simple as that. Um, all right, let's look at the league table. Um, we are looking good, everybody. Stockport County is on a freaking tear. Six in a row. I think they've actually won seven or eight in a row at this point. Um, they're crushing it. I wish I could just click on them and go to their page, but you can't. Uh, I mean, they're killing it. Ever since we played them, they've been murdering everybody. And the craziest thing, we're only three points out of first place. We're three points behind them. We're one point behind Knotts County, and we are tied in points with Mansfield Town and Crew Alexandra. We're in fifth place in League Two, Swindon Town, Gillingham, right behind us, followed by AFC Wimbledon. Accrington Stanley and Crawley Town. And then it drops down past three points below us um, around spot number 11. Um, Knotts County have lost two of their last six. We've only lost one. We've drawn twice. They've drawn once. Uh, Mansfield Town has drawn four out of their last six. They're not doing so great. Um, when is our cup game against them? Oh, yeah. FA Cup. My brother is going to come on an episode very soon because he wants to talk about the FA Cup. Um, he has some ideas on how it should be run, on how it should be uh, handled. And I think we'll be on the same page. And I think uh, if you put us in front of the right people, maybe we could change the tradition of the FA Cup. Because <laughs> we got some ideas. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I wonder, I don't remember when we played them in the cup, but we drew them. We drew the FA Cup draw was today. And, uh, yeah, we drew Mansfield Town for our first first round game, which is going to be fantastic. I mean, we both played uh, 13 games so far. We've won six. They've won five. They've drawn eight times. We've drawn five times. They've lost zero and we've lost twice. Uh, their goal differential is 11 and ours is two. So definitely they, they're better than us on some statistical um, categories, but we're better than them on two major ones, which are wins and draws. We have fewer draws and more wins. So I think it's gonna be a fantastic game. Um, we match up really well with them. Um, I'm excited to, watch that game um, whenever it happens. I should have looked up when it's going to happen. I don't want to waste your time doing that right now. Um, so, yeah, overall, I mean, I've had a fantastic three games of watching Wrexham over the last 10 days or so. Uh, it's been an absolute delight. And I'm very much looking forward uh, to our next game, which is, let's see, I believe it's Saturday. Saturday versus Bradford City. And y'all, we are coming up real quick on um, playing Knotts County at Meadow Lane <laughs> on Saturday, October 28th. So a week after we play Bradford is when we play Knotts County for the first time this season. That is going to be so much fun. 
I can't wait for that game. I'm trying, let's try not to look ahead. Uh, next game is Bradford City. Bradford City. Uh, let's see. They are 11th. They have 19 points. They've won five, tied four, and lost four. Um, I know very little about Bradford City. Let's, uh, should we do a little bit of research on right now? Maybe we should. Um, let's just see what's going on over there. Maybe I'll put them on the screen, um, as I should do. Share this tab instead. Let's see. On the pitch, men's team first or men's first team results. So they beat AFC Wimbledon yesterday, 1-0. Um, scoring in the 62nd minute. Let's see what their last few games are like. They beat Grimsby Town 2-1 in the EFL Trophy. And then last Saturday, they beat Swindon Town 1-0. And then the game before that, they lost to Tranmere 2-1. Let's just look at more some more of their results. I want to see where they kind of fall. Nil-nil uh, to Mansfield Town back at the beginning of September. And then let's see... Tied with Grimsby Town, tied with Harrogate Town, destroyed Newport County, and got destroyed by Walsall. Um, and Walsall's not that good. That kind of makes me believe that we could definitely take this home um, fairly easily. Uh, but they did beat AFC Wimbledon, who is ahead of them in the in the league table. Uh, or some of those other ones. Let's see. Uh, Harrogate Town, they're way down there. They tied with them. Not great. They destroyed Newport County, which, you know, Newport County is way down there at the bottom. Um, it's got their 20th so right now. They've lost four out of their last six. So not really. I don't know. I feel like, uh, Predictions wise, I'm going to say that we're going to beat them. Let's see. Is it, is it at home or is it away? Let's see. Bad gummit. Rexham. Come on. Uh, it is away. It's at Bradford. <sighs> Prediction is I say we beat them 2-0. Clean sheet away game, 2-0 at Bradford City. Um, that is my prediction. Um, I'll go even further and say that Mullen scores both goals. Yeah, I think that's a legit prediction. We're going to go with that. Mullen scores 2-0 um, against Bradford City this coming Saturday, and uh, Wrexham continue to climb in the table. I love it. All right, y'all. Um, trying to think if I had anything else to say about uh, what's going on with the club. Oh, let's just talk about iFollow for two seconds. If you're running the broadcast for iFollow, you need to listen to me. Stop showing extended replays while play is happening. It is the most infuriating thing when... We're watching a replay, which I do want to watch a replay, but something exciting is happening in the game. The commentator, Griffiths, is going nuts, and we're still on the dadgum replay. Take it back to the game. It's just not that hard to click a button. I know how this works. I'm in media. You just have to click a button, and it goes back to the game. Send it back. It's ridiculous. It happens almost every time. Like, first of all, you start the replay too early. We don't need to see the entire setup for a play. Second, you then play the replay twice from two different angles. You only need to do that if it's some type of controversial call or if you have the time to do it. Um, you got to cut back to the action. Stop making us miss corner kicks. Those are it's like action-packed moments. It's idiotic. So fix it, please. Just 
learn how to do a broadcast properly. It's you're on international television. <laughs> you should you should know how to do this. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. Okay, moving on to uh, episode review of Giant Killers, which I thought was uh, a good. A, <laughs> a good episode. Uh, we're back talking about, um, sorry, let me, I'm trying to pull up my notes now. Uh, where are my dadgum notes? There they are. All right. We're back talking about the primary story, which is the club. However, it's still technically an offshoot of the primary story because the club is we're, we're, the whole thing is to get promoted. And yes, the FA Cup is extremely exciting and a huge deal. But this is now, let's, let me go back. Let me go, let's see. We had, this is Giant Killers. Before this, we had Ballers, which was an offshoot. We had First Losers, which was a massive offshoot. We had Sean's Vacation, which was another offshoot. Not yet. So since not yet, let's see, that was episode, let's see, one, two, three. This is the fourth episode in a row where you're doing an offshoot. Um, and it's probably, let's see, fifth. Um, this is the fifth episode out of seven, I think, this season that have nothing, that have, little to do with the primary story of getting promoted. I don't want this show to lose its way. I just really don't want this show to lose its way. The At this moment in time, I liked the first season better. Um, I really, really want to continue to love Welcome to Wrexham. Um, I will continue to love the club and I'm I have price alerts set to come to Wrexham for um, late February. Um, so hopefully I can be there in late February. But I just, I want so badly for, for this TV show that I love to stay on course, stick with the promotion relegation aspect of it all, and show us more of the team um, granted this episode shows a lot of the team, but it's still about the FA cup, which is less exciting, um, than, than talking about the promotion season. So just please, please. I love the show so much. Just please, please get it back on track. Come on. All right. Enough said uh, about that. Here we go. Here's the first clip. It's a competition of underdogs. <laughs> Everyone in the country participates from the champions of the Premier League all the Okay, so I'm going to pause it right there. This is the map that has been making its rounds on social media. People are, I mean, the, whoever made this map is getting obliterated. And they should. Go look at a map of all these, all the actual teams in the EFL. And tell me how it correlates to this. And just, just, just go look. Horrendously created map. Just horrendous. I, I'm not going to go into all the details of why. Um, there are just teams where they shouldn't be. There are teams that, why are they even on here? Um, it's, it's all very weird. Uh, I don't really understand who made this. Plus, it's just, sorry, Sorry, graphic designer. It's just an ugly map. Like, it doesn't look very good. It's not cohesive. I don't like it. And neither does half the internet. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, did a poor job there. Need all the way down to the National League and below. anything else that I need to cover. Yeah, no, that was it from that one. So, just overall, I mean, terrible. Terrible. Uh, this this episode opens up with with Wayne Jones, who is one of my favorite people on the show talking about how giant killings, as y'all call them, which fantastic term. We don't use that term in the U.S. and I love it. 
giant killing. I'm going to be using that liberally from now on. Um, giant killings have maybe kept Wrexham alive before Robin Ryan arrived, um, which makes sense. Like if, if you're a team known for spoiling big name teams in a big tournament every year, then that would give you something to live for if your team is not performing well in the regular season um, in league play. So I totally get why that might be the case and that that was something Wrexham was known for um, back in the day and clearly still is. Um, yeah, map of the UK with terrible placement of teams. And then it shows, it shows a lot of highlights of, of Wrexham back in the day taking down these giants, such as Arsenal. Um, took down Arsenal 2-1. That had to feel so dang good. Um, yeah, it was just a fantastic... Uh, I love a good underdog story. We call it a Cinderella story in a tournament um, here in the U.S. Um, I think that might just refer to March Madness, which March Madness, for those who don't know, is uh, the college basketball tournament that happens at the end of every college basketball basketball season. It is a 68 team tournament that takes place over three weeks. Um, so Thursday through Sunday, three weeks in a row is when it takes place. So the first day, first two days of March madness, there are 64 games <laughs> and my family goes nuts about it. It's like our biggest family holiday. Everybody comes in town. We put up three or four big TVs in the living room. We cater the event or my mom cooks massive meals. Um, we have hundreds of people over. It's, it's just the best. And so from that, um, you, a team that is lowly ranked but gets really far is called the Cinderella team. And so seems like Wrexham is known as uh, to be a Cinderella team in this, in this tournament. Um, yeah. The town's waiting for their draw this year. Uh, I don't really, the thing with March madness is the teams are ranked and placed based on their ranking. Okay. So you don't get um, two good teams playing each other in the first round you get two mediocre teams playing each other in the first round and a great team and a terrible team playing each other in the first round, which makes sense for the college football season for the FA cup. It makes sense that there is a draw that you get drawn. You have a number, you get drawn and you get a random draw with another team. And it's, that's very exciting. I like that aspect of it. I don't like how that happens in the second round. I think, it should be, it should just go down the tournament list and they should be put in each spot. And then from there, you just get the next team. Um, but that doesn't seem to actually happen. Uh, you draw for the second round, if I'm not mistaken, and I could be mistaken, I don't know everything. Um, so correct me. I've been corrected many, many times so far doing this show, <laughs> and I'm sure I will continue to be corrected. Uh, so yeah, I don't like the draw in the second round. I would like it to be more tournament style where you, as soon as you have your slot in the tournament, you know the teams you might play the next few rounds. Um, I guess one upside of that is it allows, having knowing who you might play in the future would allow bigger teams with more money to go scout those teams and really start prepping for those teams. So that might actually be a decent, whereas like the smaller teams couldn't do that because they don't have enough money to go scout the teams and, and prep that far in advance. So that might be a good reason to keep it a draw system. Hmm. Let me know if you have any other arguments for it or against it, or if you hate it or love it. Um, I'm really interested to know what y'all think about the FA Cup, because um, from what I've been told about people in the UK, they couldn't care less most of the time about uh, non-league play. Um, however, they seem to make a huge deal of the FA Cup during this 
episode. So not sure. Um, let me know. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. I thought this was just hysterical. Police team <laughs> enters the FA Cup. Very much amateur teams can play all the way through. And the dream is to get in there and get a tie against a big story club. I am so interested to know how far the Metropolitan Police have gotten um, in, in this tournament over the years. I hope not very far. <laughs> I think that would be an embarrassment um, to football players everywhere. Sorry, I have to take a drink. I'm so tired, y'all. Flew in last night. Didn't sleep very well. Was up dealing with my stolen items half the night, and I'm just so tired today. So, drinking a lot of coffee. Um, let's see. Yeah, police team cracked me up. Running out there with their hats and their uniforms on. I mean, just, I find that dumb, but it is what it is. Uh, let's see. Yeah. So then we get our draw for the third round, which is Coventry, who has two and a half times the wage budget of Wrexham. Um, and this is where Sean Winter, who is. He might be my favorite person on the show. It's it's a toss up between him and Wayne. Um, this is outside of all the players. Like I consider the players completely separate from the show most of the time. <laughs> even though that's what I want the show to be about. Um, as far as people in the town, I would love to have Sean Winter on this podcast at some point because his passion for the game, I mean, just this, just this clip right here makes me so happy. Right now, they ain't going to expect the energy Wrexham have. They ain't going to expect that fire we've got. This feeling I've got now, it's magic. This is the magic of being a football fan. Oh, Sean. I completely agree with that sentiment, man. And like, I agree with the, you know, that, that whole thing uh, just hits hard with me. And so, um, yeah, he, he starts going, starts talking about how, like when he was growing up, this is what they were known for. He remembers going to the Middlesbrough game, um, hanging on the nets after the victory and like jumping on the players like that. That is a, that is a memory you never forget. I remember when I was in college, I went to an American football game and we were unranked, terrible team. And we beat the number two team in the nation. And we stormed the field, jumped on the players, jumped on the, on the like goalposts. It was just an all out. I almost got trampled to death. Uh, somebody pulled me up because anyway, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's stuff you don't forget. And that's, it's like a core memory kind of thing. And my wife doesn't fully understand why I get so upset and so into sports. She loves watching Wrexham with me and she loves watching my Texas A&M Aggies with me. But um, yeah, I do get extremely frustrated during certain games. Um, especially with Texas A&M Aggies. Um, we blew it the other day. It was horrendous. We are now completely out of playoff contention. We've lost our second game. Um, and now we've lost our third game yesterday. So it has been a stupid season for, for my Texas A&M Aggies. I, oh my gosh, I might just do a whole episode on Texas A&M and how they compare to Wrexham at some point in the near future, because it's, oh my gosh, like I, I can just feel the pit and the anger like welling up in me when I talk about Texas A&M. And that's how I think Sean probably feels. Um, and that's what I think my wife is completely not understanding, um, which is interesting. Like, I don't, I don't understand how you could not understand it. <laughs> so it's just, you know, Completely missing each other. It, it is what it is. Um, let's see. I feel like I'm looking down. My, my camera's so tall today. Normally, my, my computer's like right there. And it's a little bit easier to look at the camera. But today's a little harder. So apologies if I feel like I'm looking, if you feel like I'm looking down the whole time. Um, yeah, he says we've got nothing to lose. Um, and he, he completely right. Like it's the FA Cup, you're playing against a team 
that is how 61 spots ahead of you in the EFL pyramid. 61 spots Coventry was ahead of us. Um, one thing I am glad, they showed the pregame speech by Parkey. I'm very glad that they stopped doing the Phil's enthusiasm meter because that was bound to get old. Um, I think they cut it out at the perfect time. They didn't let it linger too long. I thought it was on the border the last time they showed it of it being a little too much, but I'm glad they got rid of it. I'm glad it's done. I don't need to see it. I don't care anymore. Yes. Phil's animated. It's great. I love it. Um, and yeah, and very quickly into playing Coventry, this happened. He speaks on a good cross. I remember this game so well. Uh, me and my wife watched this one, and gosh, it was such a fun game to watch. It was so much fun. Um, yeah, we go up, what, 4 1. Elliot, uh, oh, Elliot starts talking about how he loves the high pressure games, and that's the sign of a true competitor. Um, if you don't love the high pressure, high stakes games, you should have nothing to do with the competition. Um, you shouldn't be there. If you don't love that, then you're completely missing the whole point of sport and competition. So I love that Elliot Lee mentions that. And then this was the one where he was making a cross from the far left side of the field towards, I forget who the, who the player was he was crossing to, but it just went in the goal. It just went in the bottom corner of the net. And I, there were people who were calling it a shot. There's, I was just like, there's no way that was a shot. That was absolutely a pass. And yeah, he admitted to it at, later on that it was a pass. And one of the best passes I've ever seen. I mean, any pass that ends up in the back of the net is either a absolutely horrendous pass or a beautiful pass. It's one or the other. There's no middle ground. It, it was probably technically a horrendous pass, but it was a beautiful shot. <laughs> Absolutely loved that. Um, then O'Connor knocked one in as well. And then we got a penalty, straight red. And uh, yeah, 4-1, Wrexham. Fantastic. And then halftime, 4-2. Uh, or no, not halftime. Halftime, it was 4-1. And then they started coming back. They started coming back as they should because they are a championship team, 61 spots ahead of us. And they come back and 4 2, 4 3. Howard barely saves the ball. I remember that ball that he saved right on the goal line. Terrifying moment. Thought it was about to be tied. Huh. Seven minutes of extra time. This is when, uh, this is when uh, Humphrey starts talking about squeaky bum time. Which I just, when he said it, I thought it was just something that he says. I didn't realize that that was until he explained it. I didn't realize that's something that all you people in the UK say that, or some of y'all, um, that's a thing over there. Hilarious. Squeaky bum time is so much dumber sounding than crunch time. <laughs> what? Like, I understand why you call it squeaky bum time. I just don't understand why that phrase is still used. It sounds like something a four-year-old child would make up. Um, yeah, just a hilarious quote I, I, or a hilarious idiom. I don't, <laughs> I don't even know what else to say about it. But then one of the worst moments ever in my international viewing of Wrexham was this. The feed goes out. The <laughs> fucking feed goes out. Yes, the feed goes out. And I remember that. I, I thought it was me for a while. And then I got online and realized, nope, it's not just my feed. It's everybody's feed. Everybody's feed is out. And when we finally come back, it just starts. It just pops on. You're like, what the heck just happened? And two seconds later, they're blowing the whistle and the game is over. It's like, 
what just happened? I have no idea. And like, I, it took me a few seconds to process that we had actually won um, because the feed went out right when it looked like they were about to score, which terrifying. That's a terrifying moment to be just left in limbo like that. Um, yeah. The feed went out during an FA Cup game. That's, that's not great. That's uh, not uh, somebody. Should, somebody should probably be reprimanded for that, because um, I guarantee you it was somebody's fault. Um, not thinking things through, not planning for problems. It's probably somebody's fault. So um, yeah, we won. We won. We advanced to the fourth round of the FA Cup, um, and soon after. Robin Ryan go on ESPN while Ryan is in Wrexham. Rob is at the Eagles game. I believe they're playing in the Super Bowl at the time. I'm not sure, but screw the Eagles. I don't care. Eagles suck. Um, and go Cowboys. And uh, it's then we learned that we drew Sheffield United, who has a budget eight times what ours is. Eight times. And they are 64, or no, 70-something spots ahead of us. Was it seven, 70 teams above us? It's crazy. And they really focus on this first game, which completely makes sense. So, the, like, the primary focus of this episode was the Coventry game and then the first Sheffield United game. And it totally makes sense that first Sheffield United game was exhilarating. They score right off the bat. That's going to huge morale blow. Then Tunnicliffe goes out. Then Hayden goes out. You're talking three massive hits to your squad within 30 minutes, and somehow you still manage to go in 1-0 at halftime. That, that, that's a victory in and of itself. Um, I think Griffiths said that in the episode. Like that, that is a win. That is incredibly difficult against a team that got promoted to the Premier League that year. That's impressive. Very impressive. Um, then to start the second half, we had a flurry of chances. So many ricochets right off the bat, right when we got down the pitch. And I really thought we were going to score that. Um, this is when, like, I had been building my Wrexham knowledge up until this point, but these are the, like, for some reason, the FA Cup games are the games that I remember the most um, at the beginning of my Wrexham fandom. Like, I, I remember that Coventry game, and I remember the, the first Sheffield game, second Sheffield game really well. Um, and I think it's because I had really started to, uh, I don't know, I, heard, I knew who the players were, but I, I, I guess I just got more attached to them and I was seeing them play more and more. And so like at this point in time, they really stood out to me. And plus these were broadcast on ESPN. So it was easier to watch than the Vanarama <laughs> uh, TV. So yeah, I don't know. It was just something about the FA Cup that I remember uh, far more vividly than a lot of the, a lot of the league games last year. Um, and not all the league games, just a lot of them. Um, and then James Jones comes through, ties us up, 1-1. Uh, and then soon after that, O'Connor from a Luke Young corner kick. Then they make it 2-2 in the 71st. Then soon after that, I think it was like the 80th minute, this happens. <laughs> Mullen basically megs two guys, including the goalie, to go up 3-2 against Sheffield United. <sighs> but sadly, we couldn't hold on. Um, we, in the 95th minute, 94th, yeah, 95th minute, they equalize and... The game ends in a draw, which means we have a replay at their stadium, which home field advantage is a real thing and is a necessary thing 
maybe not necessary, but it is a massive advantage and a huge boost, especially when you're playing a team as big as Sheffield. Um, then, uh, yeah, Ryan comes into the locker room, gives a fantastic little speech, um, super heartfelt. He was very emotional. Um, it's uh, I don't know of any other owner that would feel that way and do and give that speech in the locker room after the game ended. It's a beautiful thing. And that, that is an owner who cares deeply about his team. And I am very impressed with how he's handling all of that. Um, what he does, he tried to just let Parky do his thing, but he just wanted to be in the room with his guys uh, for that for that moment. Um, and yeah, then he he talks about this. Oh my god, I was a blubbering mess. It was incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, the best. Um, I t I told I told this to my wife the other day. I saw somebody walking with a backpack down the road, um, and. I wear backpacks all the time, but I'm noticing that anytime I see somebody who is more than 30 years old wearing a backpack, I don't know why. It just looks goofy to me. You almost look like a school child again. Um, like you should be back in school, back in grade school, walking around with a backpack. Um, and it, the same thing right here, the same thing right here. Ryan Reynolds has a backpack on. I don't know why it looks goofy. I'm sure I look goofy. I would look goofy to myself if I saw myself wearing the backpack that's right in the corner, right over there. Um, and so I don't know what it is. Uh, let me know if you agree. If, if you think backpacks look weird on adults, um, I'm not going to stop wearing backpacks. I'm going to wear backpacks till I die because they're just the easiest thing to carry. But like, there's something about this image that cracks me up and makes me think uh, he looks funny. <laughs> also, I want that hat. I got to go get that hat. I love the green one. It's fantastic. Um, yeah, I wish it didn't have the bobble on it. Um, come on, Wrexham Clothing. Get it together. So, yeah, fantastic speech. They're fantastic owners. He says, uh, let's see. Does he say um, it's a call sign of what's to come. The sky's the limit for this team. And yes, hundred percent completely agree. Tying a team, drawing a team that is 70 spots ahead of you in the EFL pyramid has a wage budget eight times higher than you do. Their lowest paid player is paid more than your highest paid player and you come out with a tie. And then in the next game, you take them down into injury time tied. And then you let them score two goals in injury time. But Hey, you know, that is an extremely impressive thing to do. Um, and so he's super proud. I'm super, everybody should be proud of, of what, Wrexham accomplished last year because that was an incredible season. That cup run was so much fun. I loved it. Um, loved watching us destroy Coventry-ish and hang in there with Sheffield to the very end. And uh, yeah, the, one, another thing that people have been really talking about with this episode is, is the Billy Waters thing, reliving that. Um, I remember when that all happened and how ridiculous Billy looked and sounded like that was just, just calm down, man. Like, I love that Parky said, uh, like the team stayed on the pitch and celebrated like they just won the cup when they beat a team who's in league five, who's in the, you know, fifth tier football, um, as a, as a soon to be premier league team. It's just hilarious. And, um, yeah, Ryan and Rob basically say that we own you right now. I think Ryan said that. And then, uh, yeah, Rob said we live rent free in his brain. <laughs> that was that was so true. That was so weird. He got fined. He shouldn't have gotten fined. I, that, that's dumb. 
let him say what he wants. He's allowed to say what he wants. I just like, don't, don't find him. He didn't say anything like he didn't like wish anybody harm or anything like that. Why are you finding him for just speaking his mind? I think that, I think that part of it's dumb. I think what he said is dumb, but I don't think he should lose 2,500 pounds over it. That's absurd. So there we have it, y'all. That is this episode. I thought this episode of, of the show was good. It was very good. I love learning more about the FA cup. Uh, most of what they talked about, I already knew because, uh, I like the FA Cup and I like all this stuff. So, um, but, you know, it's fun to watch some of the behind the scenes stuff and watch the town, see what the town thinks about it and just relive all of that. Um, Cause yeah, like I said, this is when I was really getting um, more understanding of Wrexham football in general and like the, like what, what we actually do on the pitch and getting more connected to the players. And so like reliving all this is, is pretty dang fun. And uh, I very much look forward to the next episode. Um, and I very much look forward to our next game. So like I said, three, one is, is what I think we're going to win on Saturday. Uh, let's see. Yeah, versus Bradford City. 3-1 away game. No, I said 2-0. I did not say 3-1. I said 2-0. 2-0. Uh, Paul Mullen scores both. Conquo gets a clean sheet yet again. And, uh, yeah, very much looking forward to it. Thank you all for tuning in to this one. Um, I'll probably have another episode while I'm out here. So uh, it'll be another questionable audio situation and another questionable video situation. We'll see what happens, but thank you all so much for tuning in. Go follow me on Instagram and Twitter, WXM Texan, Wrexham Texan on both. You can email me director at peacefulcproductions.com. You can go listen to and watch this show on my company's website. If you don't want to go over to uh, YouTube and rumble and all that, um, peacefulc.network is where you can watch and listen to this episode. You can even watch it live most, most of the time on my website. Today, you can't, but most of the time you can. And uh, pretty soon, I will have a subscription service up. $1 a month, you get access to bonus episodes of this show, bonus episodes of my other shows. You get access to my two movies, two documentaries that I've made, my one very good short film that we're trying to turn into a feature film. Um, you, get, you just get access to a lot of stuff. I'm trying to build, my company is trying to build an entire media network right now where eventually we're going to launch a news division and we're going to launch a sports division. Um, I think the first one will be sports uh, because the news is depressing and sports is not. <laughs> um, so yeah. Go on over to my website, peacefulc.network, and we're still in the process of building it, but we're building it as fast as we possibly can, and we look forward to bringing you more features, more things on that website, um, more Wrexham stuff. It's going to be great. Um, very much looking forward to, to the expansion of Peaceful C Productions. Um, so that'll be it for this week, y'all. Thank you all again for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to talking to y'all again next Sunday. Peace. Actually, up the town. And if you knock my soul with all your strength, you're gonna find it. You're gonna find it.